Listener Production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The L Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. Hello. Am I here? Can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Oh my God, we're here. Oh my God. Yay. That's amazing. Today I'm talking to the co-founders of Milk Makeup, Georgie Gravel and Zana Roberts-Rassi. Born out of Milk Studios, a creative hub in New York City, Milk Makeup is the no-mirror makeup brand to have in your kit that echoes the quintessential New York City vibe. This insanely popular clean beauty brand is adored by experts and celebrities thanks to its vegan, multi-purpose products and social media presence. What I discovered today while chatting to this power duo is that energy is everything and a chance meeting can literally change your life in ways you don't know. I'm a little dark, I'm realizing. (laughs) I'm very bright. (laughs) I first came across Milk Makeup when I fell in love with Milk Studios in New York. It is the place to be. It's like a melting pot of cool people. Think Kanye, think Kim, Calvin Klein used to do their shoots there. But then I found Milk Makeup and that brand is literally the coolest beauty brand to have in your kit. I am so excited to be talking to Georgie and Zana because I am a massive fangirl of both of theirs. I didn't realize we were gonna become best friends after the interview. That was a pathetic clap I just did. It really sets you up, doesn't it, that clap? (laughs) I'm so excited to be talking to Georgie and Zana from Milk Makeup. Welcome. Hey. Hi. We're all waving oh at each other because we're too <laughs> scared to talk over the job of each Thank other. you so much for having us. It's such a treat to be nearly in Australia. Nearly. So before we start, where are you guys? Whereabouts are you right now? Georgie? I'm in uh, South Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. And I'm in downtown New York City on the river. And I'm in Sydney, Australia. (laughs) How wonderful is this world? (laughs) Okay, so before we jump into the hard-hitting questions, I like to do something called the Fast Five. Now, it's super quick, rapid-fire questions. The quicker you answer, the more honest I find the answer, okay? Mm -hmm. What's the strangest thing you have in your handbag? Oh, uh, wiki sticks. They're these, like, strange things that the kids play with, and I carry them around with me for the, like, fiddles, and when they're, like, bored, they can play with them. Okay. Georgie, weirdest thing? Probably uh, a crystal, but it's a special one that a a friend gave me that's supposed to be a dragon egg, like an actual dragon egg. That's cool. (laughs) Who's your favorite designer? Mine is Monse, Laura and Fernando. Wow. Georgie? Ooh, God, that's impossible. Okay, I'll just say, well, Mara Hoffman is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, good one. What's been your biggest pinch me moment to date? Standing on the Oscar red carpet interviewing people for E! News. Georgie? God, this is, I would say, um, you know, at our launch party, probably. We had this incredible launch party when we first started the brand. 
And uh, we had three different generations of mm -hmm. female performers play at Milk. It was Santi Gold, LaCaylee 47, and Salt and Peppa played. <laughs> and it was like, just like the craziest mm -hmm. dinner. Every, uh, there was such an incredible cross-section of all the different creative worlds in New York at the dinner. And the dinner had this like amazing glam 80s theme. So it was like mirror tables and really like it was like you're in a Duran Duran music video basically oh, wow it was so extra <laughs> I just like got goosebumps thinking of that with the salt and pepper in that that would have been amazing so oh, unspinderella I can't <laughs> Like, can you please come to Australia? Okay, this is going to be, I feel like this is going to be a good one for both of you. Craziest thing you've ever done to get a job? I've followed somebody out of a meeting, out of the building, gone down the escalator with them, talking to them. They were going to the airport. I've got in the car with them and driven to the airport with an exec, like talking about an idea, <laughs> knowing full well it was kind of pitching, but wasn't pitching. I'm like, you literally took them all the way to JFK. <laughs> I got the job. So, yeah, I've done it. Yes, I love that. I love it's that. It's pretty ballsy. Georgie's really thinking about it. I tried to get a job at MTV in my 20s, uh, like three or four different times in different departments. You know, I went yeah. to MTV News first and didn't get a job. And then I sort of PA'd on different production sets and like reality show sets. And then finally... Uh, I was trying to get in the door as an actual hire and I was just sitting on a stoop on Ludlow Street with a friend and a, and another another friend ran by that we happened to know and that that's how I ended up getting the internship or the you know the entry level position in MTV on our promos which is kind of like the marketing advertising internal uh, part of MTV like I love that you were just sitting on that story it was just like oh yeah you know when I was like I tried by MTV then I got the job you know just love that but the, the stoop like being out in the street in New York is a real thing. Like that, that's, you know, th that's the magic of New York. You really, yeah. really do have the, have those kind of magic happenstance mm -hmm. moments that just are kismet, you know? Yeah. You just got to put yourself out there. But I also think you've got to be the kind of person to take them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you've mm -hmm. got to be like, mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the, the chance, the leap of faith. So I, I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last question. It's an easy one. What's your favorite app? Insight Timer, meditation app. No. I'm going to say Spotify. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's our icebreaker. Maybe. So we're in, we're in deep. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of the brand. And I actually discovered the brand when I was in the States. It was actually the branding that drew me to the brand first up. It was in somebody's kit on set. And I was like, what is this super cool? It was the cheek. It was like for the cheeks. And I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Lip and cheek. Yeah. And then I think the nice makeup artist actually gave it to me. And then I came back to Australia. And I remember it not being here. And I remember talking about it. And then I kind of followed your journey overseas. So I'm so excited that A, you can get the product here in Australia, but I'm talking to you girls and I kind of was super starstruck coming into this interview because I, I just love what you do and I actually love you two as individuals. So I was super excited to sit down and talk about how it all started. I'm sure your stories are amazing. So Georgie and Zana, I would love to start kind of where you grew up and where, you're, where it started. Georgie, where did you grow up? And, and I guess also, were your parents a big influence on you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I grew up internationally moving around. I was born in Melbourne in Australia. Yay. And my parents were just, you know, kind of jet setters and really chose to live a really unconventional life by moving around every four or five years. So I grew up in, in Australia, Singapore, London, New York, and then finally in Boston. 
Wow. Yeah, it was just like that kind of moving around really instilled a sense of adventure and kind of, I, I always yeah. have been a free spirit because of my parents. And I love that they chose to just like take a chance and move across the world and have their first babies there. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're just, lo- you know, they're really adventure seekers and love all cultures. So that's how I grew up. I mean, I grew up going to international schools with international kids and and um that's why new york is such a, a home base because everybody's from everywhere here you know that's so true you're actually the first person i've spoken to that's moved around so much and when you first started to say it i was like oh my gosh that sounds so scary because your friends would be different every time you move but then when you flip it it's actually an incredible opportunity and it kind of takes the fear away a little bit you know what i mean because you've done it at such a, a young age Absolutely. Now I have the opposite where I'm like, my son is eight and he's lived in in New York the whole time. And I'm like, oh God, we got to move. This is crazy. It's like, we got to get at least three countries in before you're like 18. No, but I think it's, I think it's a teenage thing. Like it all happened yeah. before the crucial teenage years, you know, I, we were, yeah. we were settled in Boston by the time I was like 13 around then. So if we had moved 13 on, I would have hated my parents probably forever because those are like the crucial years. But yeah, so I got, I got super lucky and it was always, I was always excited to move. I love that. And Zana, what about you growing up? What was it like and where were you growing up? Well, I was very opposite actually to Georgie. I grew up in Manchester in the UK, which is north of England. Yeah. My parents, they still live in the same house I grew up in. So wow. like Oh, you are really the opposite. Right? <laughs> completely the opposite. They are still there, still in the same chair. I mean, they're fabulous. But it's almost interesting how their values and they had this very like they're very pragmatic. They're very north of England, you know. They've like they've got strong values when it comes to like work ethic. My mom was a stay-at-home mom of three girls. Um, my dad was actually ex-military, so they're very disciplined. Yeah. Um, super humble, but they very much just got on and did what they were supposed to do. You know, they never complained. They still won't complain about anything at all. But they also trusted me to just get on with stuff and make my own mistakes. You know, they weren't the type of parents who would you know, would do stuff and they wouldn't celebrate our wins too much or they also wouldn't sympathize anything that we that wasn't too great too much. So it kind yeah. of made me a very even keel person, yeah. which I think has stayed with me now in business. So it's like, you know, you don't celebrate the highs too much. You don't, you can just try anything because you know it's going to be okay in the end. Like what's the worst that can happen? But I think that's something that they taught me at an early age. Um, but it, it almost gives me that, just that reason to go out and try stuff. I love I love the opposites here. It's very fun. So with both of you, I, there's so many layers in career. And I would love to know how you first kind of broke into where you are now. Like, how do you define yourselves? What's the job title that you go with? Because I feel like we're all slashies at the moment. Oh my gosh, so many slashies. Amateur juggler. Yeah. Slasher. <laughs> um, well, definitely co-founder. Slash um, E style host slash, um, I don't know, entrepreneur, slash mom, slash uh, so many things, so many. And Georgie, what about you? What am I? I'm, <laughs> I'm co-founder, uh, creative director at Milk Makeup. Uh, I also am a director, as in film director in real life. Wow. Um, occasionally I, I dip back in that world if the project is right. Yeah. So I'm represented in that world, kind of like Xana and her e-identity yeah. and like her on-camera identity. I'm behind the camera as a director. Yeah. And that's a, a big part of me. And I always, I never really shut that off uh, because it's a creative outlet mm-hmm. and it's just sort of filmmaking in general is like a, a religion to me. And then I would say I'm, I'm sort of like honing in like a sort of agnostic 
entrepreneurial creative consultant, whereas I I mentor up and coming brands as well as, you know, especially with the, the board I'm on, the Fashion Scholarship Fund. So up and coming beauty and fashion brands that just need mentorship um, that are, you know, really small burgeoning things. And then I'm really interested in impact investing as well. So in, in totally different industries. So sort of like fintech and create and apps that are actually creating more access in the world. There's so many cool innovations out there. So sort of dipping my toe in there too. So really you're two women that I'd like to be best friends with, but for the sake <laughs> of the podcast... <laughs> The common theme seems to be fashion and beauty. Would mm-hmm. you say yes? Yes. How did you kind of identify that industry as something that you both individually wanted to break into? Well, Zana was deeply into it already, right? Yeah, like Zana, from the beauty yeah. aspect. Yeah, I mean, I started working as, I was actually landed a gig as an intern at a magazine when I was like 19. Um, so I left home. I was declaring this is what I wanted to do. Goodbye, mom and dad in Manchester. I'm going to London. This is it. We're all good. <laughs> Um, and, you know, the sleeping on the friend's couches story, eating pot noodles. I mean, I worked so hard. I grafted really, really hard. Um, would do anything that anyone asked you to at the magazine, you know, from researching, tidying the closet, coffee yeah. runs, you need your shoes shining. I will do that too. <laughs> um, but I worked my way up the masthead there, you know, and it was um, thanks to amazing people around me. But I was fully immersed in the industry, in the beauty industry, you yeah. know, from amazing other founders, Oh, I wasn't one at the time, so just amazing time. Like Bobby Brown was one there, you know, yeah. Laura Mercier, the yeah. other. I was working yeah. with makeup artists, like, who were working makeup artists at the time, like Pat McGrath and Charlotte Tilbury. Which and is bizarre. Insane. That's crazy. Yeah, and then just amazing models and photographers and interviewing P&D departments as well to write features for magazines. So I was, like, super immersed in it. So it was it was always in me. You know, I think I've been a student of beauty my entire life. Um, and then I moved here and went into more into the fashion sphere, but always really missed the beauty side of it because to me, it's it's the democratization of it as well. Yeah. And I think the world of fashion that I was in then was much more high fashion. It was in New York. It was in a magazine. It was very like shoot gorgeous models yeah. and gorgeous locations wearing designer clothes. Um, and I really missed the journalistic idea of beauty and the democratization. As I said, it was just so much more achievable. So that's when I kind of went back, yeah. rewound a little bit and started doing a lot more on TV because I found it was a lot more tip-based, a lot more user-friendly. Yeah. Um, and then back into beauty again when we uh, founded Milk Makeup. I love that. I have so many questions to ask and I'm like, I need to get the bits from both pieces of the puzzle and then I'm going to put I'm them together. I'm jumping all over. We better, <laughs> we've got from the beginning to the end. No, it's amazing though. And your energy, I'm just like, I wish we were somewhere where we were all together because I feel like we'd be there for a really, really long time. I know, with Big Butler I. Georgie, what about you? How did you identify and how did you start into fashion and beauty? Yeah, so it really, for me, it was from uh, writing and directing at MTV. So uh, as I said, this is, I wanted to, a caveat that MTV was cool, but back then still when cool. I was there. It's still cool. It's so still, no, no, no. I just started watching like the Pam and oh. Tommy TV show and it's so the MTV days. Totally. It's, like, it's brought back, like it was king. MTV was it. Yeah, and I was there at the end. It was sort of like, it was still irreverent and amazing. This is in the early 2000s. And so... Yeah, I, I, I was a writer-director and I worked on all these co-branded promos. So uh, L'Oreal would come to MTV and want to sponsor the Video Music Awards, for example, and I would create the ads for that. I would write them and then direct them. And so naturally, like creating worlds 
like, you know, as a director, you have to outline what, what people are wearing, what the makeup looks like, what the hair is, as well as the lighting, the script, and how it's going to flow as an edit, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, so that was the beginning. And then that parlayed, it, I, I sort of rose up the ranks like Xana, did a lot of grunt mm-hmm. work, a lot of <laughs> logging tapes and, and getting mm-hmm. Starbucks and... And, and salads and, and all faxing. the stuff. <laughs> oh my God, so many faxing? faxes. Oh yeah, lots of faxing. I've spent so much time by the fax machine. <laughs> well, the, those things never worked. They were like insane, those things. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, by, by the time I'd, I'd kind of gotten to a good place at MTV, I, I ended up wanting to start my own production company. And that's when uh, I actually came to Milk and we started an in-house film production company and sort of creative studio. Wow. And from there, I ended up being a writer director for every, you know, ads, music videos for Florence and the Machine, Selena Gomez, directed wow. ads for like Evian, Target. Um, it was amazing. It was, it was actually a collective of us uh, directing together. And that's actually how I met my husband. And so naturally, when, uh, the music video world, especially hair and makeup is everything. That's how yeah. you create the character. Yeah. And we worked with Goldfrapp. So like everything started with what was here, you know, what was, what, what the hair and makeup was going to be and what character that was. And, you know, with Florence, it was so fun. We created so many different characters with her because she's so versatile and uh, Selena as well. And yeah, it just, so that always creating worlds for me, like as a film director was how I loved makeup. But then there's the flip side of just being obsessed with badass, ambitious women and people that wear makeup. And that's where Zena and I connected. That's what I want to ask. That's what I want to ask. How did it happen? Well, we were both uh, clients mm-hmm. of Milk, which yes. is so hilarious. You know, I used to I used to cast my MTV jobs at Milk, and then when I started the production company there. So the first time I met Zana, we were just clients. You know, we were just friends. Can I just interrupt for two seconds for people that don't know what Milk Studios is? What is it? A badass cultural hub, like a Warhol factory that is uh, bringing every single part of the creative industries together in an event space, photo studios, digital retouching, and you know anything you want to create content is at Milk. And then beyond that, in New York, was like all these secret little party spots. So a, like a downstairs sort of rave Jam room. room. <laughs> yeah. I'm so into this. And then an actual bar on one of the yeah. photo studio floors mm-hmm. that you would go to and just talk about networking, like probably the best wow. networking place in the entire world. Yeah. Oh, this is where I met Georgie. Yeah. In the bar at Milk Studios. Yeah. We met in the bar at Milk, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> we, I remember very, I remember the day so, so clear. And then we went upstairs to the penthouse roof where the penthouse studio where people were shooting which was yep. just being built actually and we sat outside and we just sat on the floor and we were just chatting drinking a beer I remember it so clearly and you didn't know each other you just found each other no but that's what happens at Milk Studios it was just like Georgie said it's like this melting pot of just like-minded people who are all just getting shit done right and it was all creative mm-hmm. and it was yeah. like the ultimate networking it wasn't like social media or DMing people it's like the, it, you were there mm-hmm. in the same room yeah. you know and yeah. just like-minded people as I said and like all these trendsetters and you just come off a shoot and it was like swapping stories from the shoot and then oh well what about and everyone was freelance as well so it was kind of like oh you could work yeah. on this you could work on this and it just all grew from there so that's when Georgie says it was like this creative melty like this Hogwarts almost of creativity <laughs> it was brilliant so yeah. fun and then did you guys just connect and mm-hmm. then a friendship blossomed? And then what happened? How did it happen? So I'd, I'm trying to think of the day. I probably, had I moved to New York by this time? Maybe not. Um, not yet. I think this, not yet. Yeah. yeah. So that was, 
if we were to talk about like the sliding door moment, that would have been, I, w- I worked on a shoot. I remember the date so clear. It was September the 30th, 2004. Um, and I walked into Milt Studios and I did, it was as a young British fashion, uh, beauty editor. I've been trusted to do this major beauty shoot there. And I was just blown away by the creatives there. Like everyone, like from the girl on reception, who was like super helpful, yeah. taking me to the studio, to like all, all the people in the bar after the shoot. But it was on that day that I met Rossi, the founder of Milk Studios, co-founder of Milk Makeup, and also my husband and father of our twins. So that was kind of how that all came This blown my mind a little bit. So that was that. This is like the ultimate sliding door. This is like the ultimate sliding door moment. It's It's actually amazing. I often think, God, imagine if I hadn't gone on that that shoot, I hadn't flown to New York to do that shoot. Um, But to your question earlier, that's how, so Rossi knew Georgie because of the company there, and then he introduced us. So then we all started obviously hanging out, getting to know each other more. And then after that came Milk Makeup. This is epic. Like, I'm like, I'm slightly like gobsmacked at how this is, this is amazing. And I just have to say, you know how you said the girl at the front door? It's so important. Everybody everywhere knows that there's, you leave an impression. Do you know what I mean? And like, opportunities are there. It's like you guys were in the bar. You don't even know who else was in the bar and what else happened that came out of that because look what's come out of it for you. So right. When we were thinking about, you know, at the time, because of that initial sort of ecosystem of creative people, you know, Rossi, when he started Milk, could have so easily created kind of like a Euro chic, you know, hotel sort of vibe. But instead, he hired all the art kids. So it was like, tatted up, people with crazy style, yeah. you know, the, the digital techs and the, and the lighting guys are, are, and girls were just like, everybody was an individual. Yeah. And so, and then of course, if they're playing good music all the time, the barista was someone like everybody, it's, it's very New York where like everybody really just like is articulating themselves in the most original ways. I love that. And then at that time also, people just knew Milk had this creative spice, equity, energy going on. It was palpable, right? Like if you're in the elevator there, you're just like, whoop, yeah. like looking around, you know, you're, you're, there was always, there was always a cross section of like somebody, nobody, everybody in between. And this like, everybody's hot. No, it's so true. <laughs> I was lucky enough to shoot at Milk Studios in New York three years ago. And I remember when yes. I got the call sheet and it had it on there, I was like, my time has come. I've met, like, so you know. Oh, I know. And I took, like, I literally walked up the street taking photos of, like, the branding. And then I, it's, you've summed it up so well because I remember being in there and going, this place, I've got goosebumps because I was like, this place is so epic mm-hmm. and everybody that's in here is cool. Yeah. And, like, this is where so many iconic moments have happened in this space. Yeah, that's so, so true. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's just thinking about the icon, like the epic moments. Like, I remember, like, the first Calvin Klein shows were always there. Like, Kanye dropped his album there. Like, there's always a Kardashian there in the bathroom somewhere, you know. Or, or a casual, a casual Rihanna moment. A ca- yeah. Always. And then, but they just happen, like, in the, in the lobby, in which we, we would just sit yeah. and then, and, and I think Georgie was getting to this, like, we would just sit there and look at these people who were, all like involved in creativity in some way, more behind scenes than in front of the camera, to be honest. And just be like, look at the look at the way they all look. They've got like the inky eyeliner on the girl in the equipment room or her tatted sleeve, like the red lip with the nude eye or like the blush face on the cool stylist. And we just literally sit there going, everyone's makeup is epic. And style, yeah. Is that how it happened? Is that mm-hmm. how you guys kind of like started going 
like noticed what was happening around and then said like, what about a beauty brand? Pretty much, right, Georgie? Yeah, I mean, it, there, it was just, you know, I think we really knew when kids were showing up at, at the doorstep just to yeah. intern. Like kids would fly in from like Japan or middle America just because they wanted to be near, they wanted to be part of the energy. They're like, just would hang out outside the front door or come to the lobby and be like, I don't know what milk really is, but I love, I want to work there. <laughs> and so that's when, and I always, I was, I was like, wow, this ha- sort of has the effect of like urban outfitters, you know, just like hanging in this, yeah. in this space that makes you feel like you're connected to something creative mm-hmm. and that there's potential to be someone there or something. So I feel like the creative act, we, like we knew we could basically bottle that feeling of being in the studio and that the quickest way to give people access to the creative freedom that you feel when you when you move to New York and, or you go to Milk Studios, that freedom of being able to self-actualize on your own terms, completely like reinvent yourself, be whoever you want to be. We, could, we knew that the easiest way to do that was through makeup. Like a hundred percent. Like you've just summed that up so amazingly. And can I just say you have both done that? Mm. Like that's what Mm. Milk Cosmetics is to me. Really? You feel that? Like unbelievably, hands down, unbelievably. Like hats off to you because that's what it is. That means everything to us, honestly. That's everything. Yeah. Like I'm going home to cover my whole face in every milk milk cosmetic I have at home. I'm covering myself in it. When you guys had the dream at the beginning, who supported it around you? Who kind of supported you and lifted you up with that dream? I mean, apart from us as the crew, like Georgie, Diana, Rossi, who like Rossi actually brought the gang together really, didn't he? He was Mm -hmm. like the Pied Piper who was like, you know, brought us together and said, let's do this. Um, But I would say Sephora, you know, they, without, we went, (laughs) I laugh, I like, this is one of those pinch me moments actually. We went to, we flew to uh, San Francisco. There was Georgie, myself, Diane, I don't think Diana was there. It was just you, me and Rossi, wasn't it? She wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, With this amazing sizzle that Georgie had made and like a deck and just loads of ideas. No product to speak of. Like we were nuts. We were like going into the bigger, like the, Chief, I know what those Sephora. meetings are like. like. It's like there's like twelve people in that boardroom. We it's so, very intimidating. So nice. Intense boardrooms. Like, We've yes. got it. We yeah. know what we're doing. This is it. This is the person. But thank God they saw this white space. They were like, "Oh my God, if you could do what you're talking about, actually tangibly make this into a product, <laughs> we will take it." Yeah. And yeah. so they supported our dream from the beginning, for sure. Wow. Yeah. And I think they just knew they, they really wanted to speak to a new creatively free, but high, you know, so mm. our, our values were in place basically when we did that pitch. So we knew we wanted to be clean. We knew we, we wanted to be super, yeah. super multifunctional, effortless, yeah. get up and go, work hard, play harder. You know, when we talk about the, ba- you know, so we, we talked about all these hardworking creatives in New- at Milk Studios and how dialed every single decision is in their life. So like, even though they look like, you know, everything's effortless, everything is super fucking smart and dialed, you know? And it's considered. It's considered. Yummy. And that's that's what we wanted to put into the formulas. That's what we, we didn't want to redo anything that already existed. We wanted to improve upon it for that type of person that has these super high standards, but wants to be low maintenance if they feel, you know, mm-hmm. they were, they just knew the energy. I feel like if energy is real, energy is maybe the only real thing. Yeah. Energy <laughs> is everything. True. That's why I feel like we're going to be really good friends after this. Yes. I, say I feel it. like I've found my people. And I, I found my we people. feel the same. <laughs> 100%. Can I ask sacrifice? Because we're having this amazing conversation. Everything sounds so incredible. 
But the things that people don't see are the sacrifices that are behind the scenes or the hard work. I mean, we touched on it with the faxing, but I would <laughs> love to just do <laughs> because people see Instagram now, especially and talking about mm-hmm. milk and all of the highs and it's so glitzy and you're at the bar, but they don't see the hours you work. I'd love to just touch on that for a minute of some of, you know, the hard work, failures, yeah. anything like that, that you've encountered along the way of creating such an iconic beauty brand. I mean, I think I can speak for both of us where like missing our kids, you know, like we had to go to San Francisco a lot in the beginning. Um, And that's a long trip, actually. You know, uh, it's it takes up an entire day even to get there. So, yeah. So I, I would say, you know, we all had young kids at the time. We all had basically one, one and two year olds, um, but not seeing my son and, and um, mm-hmm. making that sacrifice. And then, but that's where us as a, as a team of four founders is so mm-hmm. incredible. And we really do kind of like have it all a little bit because we can, we can represent this incredible brand, but we can also split up the duties. Yeah. Whereas if it was just one of us, I mean, talk about sacrifice, that would be crazy. Right. No way. Yeah. Well, it's like, and it's almost like you say that, Georgia, and there wasn't zero balance at the beginning, you know, and obviously there was myself and my husband doing it, which completely took its toll. But between the four of us, we had five kids under the age of two, I believe at the time. But what was so fascinating, and we always say this because that really informed milk makeup and what it was, right? We had no time to get ready. We had like minus 10 minutes a day, like six minutes max to get showered and everything to get out the door. We had young kids... So we needed things that were quick. Then we had young kids literally like in the sink next to us while we were trying like new products out. So we wanted something clean. We didn't want to to be scared when they were picking it up and playing with it yeah, on their face. Yeah, yeah. And we also wanted something that was easy to use on the go. Like we had clearly had a lot of shit going on and um, other things to do than be spending time putting makeup on. So we wanted to be able to do it in the car on the way to the shoot, on the back on the way back from work, on the way to that dinner. So the idea of like our lifestyle at that time and being so stressed actually really informed what milk makeup is today. And that's what we love about it. Do you know what I mean? That you can put it on with one hand whilst doing a 30,000 other things. You're like, like, no mirror makeup on the go, swipe on the stick, back of a car. It's just easy. Yeah. Another thing that I love to talk about on the podcast is imposter syndrome. Unfortunately, a lot of women (laughs) suffer from imposter syndrome more than men I've found, which just annoys me and I'd like to break that mold. But, you know, even just touching on the Sephora meeting and walking in there, I'm kind of presuming in the fact that maybe there was a little bit of imposter syndrome walking into that meeting. How do you guys deal with it and how do you get through it? Gosh, (laughs) fake it till you make it. Uh, uh, what, what is tequila? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> tequila, we, did, we drank. No, actually, Georgie and I did drink a fair amount of tequila at the beginning. We would sit in the in yeah. the bunker, even in the back room, when we'd be like five o'clock, maybe four. Sometimes we just get it done. <laughs> we mean, can do this. We can do this. Yeah, and I, I just you just push through, don't you? Know, it's yeah. like what the, the great thing about when you're doing something like starting a company is that you're almost too busy to even have imposter syndrome, you know, like you have it and you're anxious. And in my case, I was like, this is a make or break moment for me is the work I'm doing is it, I'm, I, I was like really scared of failing in the, and the imagery and the, and the voice not coming through in the way we wanted it to. But at some point you just have to let go and, and see mm-hmm. what happens. And, and I just think sometimes it goes back to the energy thing and the intention. And we just knew it was going to work. And so we believed in it. And so 
there was, there was of course like anxiety and nerves, but it really, I think we, that's why we sold, you know, that's why Sephora signed on. They just felt yeah. like they yeah. really saw the realness in the energy. Like they understood that it, it, it could happen. I love that. Which for all of your listeners, like if you can create a deck and you can present your idea with passion and purpose, and if it's grounded in something that you really care about, people will, will pick up on that. And like, that's how you sell an idea. And, uh, it was just real and milk was real. And I think milk, milk's cultural equity was just known, especially to coastal people. It was just known in the U.S. So, yeah. I love that. I think <laughs> I'm just laughing about like even the Sephora thing, but we used to go to these giant like conferences with Sephora and it was all the other brand founders there as well. So you'd sit in these giant rooms. This was early on. And remember, Georgie would spend a lot of time in Vegas and you'd be with like, Jen Atkin would have her booth over there and Charlotte Tilbury over there and Tiffany from Drunk Elephant and Anastasia. But it was really, you'd have imposter syndrome until you'd go and chat with them at the bar in the evening. And you realize everyone had the same worries. Everyone had the same staffing issues. Everyone was dealing with the same product development situation. And it just made you like, okay, it's not imposter. It's just real. This is exactly as it's supposed to be. Everyone goes through these ups and downs and we're all in it together. And it was funny. There's like a coalition that's made at those things is this instead of competition. It was actually, it was very heartwarming as well. So it does help for the imposter syndrome to kind of find other people are in the same position as you. Absolutely. I love that because also having this podcast and talking to such amazing humans as you guys, you share the story and it does encourage other people to kind of take their leap of faith. You know what I mean? Because we've all been there, you know, and we are all human and we are all faced with, you know, just shit sometimes and you got to get through it. And when you find out somebody else has been through it, you're like, well, if they got through it and did it, maybe I can do it, which is a really nice feeling. Exactly. What's next, guys? What are you working on? What's happening with milk that you can tell us? Well, we're in a quite an exciting moment right now, actually, for the brand. I mean, we can talk a little bit about it, right, Zana? Yeah. <laughs> our newest baby has just come out, which is our biggest launch of 22, which is our Rise Mascara. Ah! Which, L, we need to get you. Yes. You're going to love it. Yes. It's yes. fantastic. 93% clean mascara. It's like your everyday mascara. It's perfect for everyone in Australia. Oh, I mean, it's literally, it's, yes. it's in this beautiful, like, silicone tube packaging super ergonomic um and it's just like we like to say it's like the sneaker collection of our mascaras in comparison to kush which is like the combat boot yeah so cool okay amazing amazing that's huge it's a huge way to start the year but what else besides coming to australia because that's a must totally yeah it's a big growth moment for us i feel uh you know i feel like we're finally it sounds crazy, but six years in, we're like really established now. Our team is stronger than ever. So we have a bunch of really interesting creative collaborations happening with oh, wow. totally out of the box entities, people, brands, um, very culturally relevant. And we'll, and we're very excited about those. Those will kind of filter out through the, you That's know, this, epic. yeah. And it's, we always think, you know, Rossi really leads that and it's always under the the scope of like, we need to do stuff that nobody else can do because mm-hmm. we're from milk, you know, of yeah. course. A bunch of cool product launches, of course, you know, continuing to go into different markets. Um, you know, we're just starting to really go over to China and places like that. So that's kind of wild. Incredible. 
What else, Anna? Am I missing anything? That sounds like it. I mean, I'm it's like, definitely an it's it's innovation, yeah. innovation all the way. Yeah. Obviously, we start, We always were clean, vegan, cruelty-free, pushing sustainability every which way we possibly can and just growing globally. Huge. Yeah. Sustainability is ongoing. It's really one foot in front of the other. You can't just turn on a light and be mm-hmm. sustainable in every way, shape or form. But we have yeah. all these great efforts going where we're, you know, a bunch of our factories use green energy. We use uh, 50% PCR, which is post-consumer resin in a bunch of our products mm-hmm. so that we're not putting virgin plastics out into the environment and like really just, you know, being on top of all those innovations, because just like we said in the beginning about not wanting to create formulas that already exist and not, not putting more things that just are just matches of what's already out there. We want to innovate and innovate in a lifestyle kind of way. So the clean formulas have always been game changers and really continuing to get like unique, really unique beneficial ingredient stories with that, that you won't find anywhere else that only our Mm -hmm. team could do. And then sustainability options that really ladder up to how we're living, you know, like we're, we're really trying to stay ahead of that. So yeah. It's a big year. It always is though. <laughs> it's true. And then you and then you find yourself pivoting in a completely different direction when something happens, but you just make the most of it. Um for people that are listening that are about to, you know, start their own career journey or they're looking at going it alone or something starting something new or tips to achieving success, I would love to hear from the both of you because you are just huge powerhouses individually and even bigger together that I would just love to hear some words of advice for people that are listening. I mean, I think everything stems from working on yourself. You know, like I think in order to be an entrepreneur, especially now, you have to tap into what the world needs basically times what you deeply care about. And that is where, that is your sphere where you should ideate, you know? Yeah. Because that's what's going to give the energy to your presentation and your idea. And that's what's going to give longevity to it because it's grounded in your values. It's grounded in what you really, truly care about. But you can only know that if you dig deep in yourself. And so I feel like... Yeah, I feel like getting uh, getting your, your spiritual practice down. I, I'm a big believer in therapy, yoga, meditation, all the woo-woo yeah. stuff. I'm about it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Georgie is our spiritual guider. Just quietly, I've had to have my house repainted white because I was burning too much sage. So in Palo Santo, so I, no I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah, my walls went from white to gray because I was like, good energy oh. coming through. I believe oh in Oh my love. God. That's I just did the same thing this morning with Copal. Yes. And, and my husband was like, our fire alarm is going to go off. Like, you need to chill. And you're like, I'm, I'm there. I'm there for it. <laughs> Zana, anything that you would like to, any tips or you would like to share with our audience? I mean, I think I'd be very similar to what Georgie said. It's about figuring out your superpower, right? What makes you special? What makes you stand out? And then market that. Um, And it's, it's like success is only when you're fully yourself. So once you know yourself, to Georgie's point about self-discovery, it's so important. And it took me a long time to figure that out. But as soon as you do, everything just slots. Your decisions are so much easier. The the choices you make generally in life are just easier because you know you have your filters set. And I just say have a no asshole policy. Generally, it just makes life really so much simpler. (laughs) No, it's true though. Simple but true. It was so simple, but yeah, it's so true. Not not so easy to do sometimes. And it takes you a little bit of time. Well, also you're early in your career and you're like, oh, well, I have to do this for this ex person. And we've all done it and been there. Maybe it's a luxury later on in life that you can do that. But I've certainly got that now. And it stems 
all the way through in our Milk Makeup team as well. That We've got the most solid team of hardworking people who are so passionate, so fun, so cool and really care about not just the work, but each other. And I think that that resonates in everything we put out there. I love that. Guys, I could sit here and talk for hours. And I I have to say, like I said at the beginning, I've been a huge fan of the brand. And it was actually just that effortless, just cool vibes that came through without even knowing the detail to the brand like I have today. I love it even more. And I'm totally going home to cover myself in it because I just want to be friends with you. I want to hang out with you guys. I pretty much want to move into Milk Studios. Done, done, done. Same. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your journey and just how it happened. And just, I think what I've taken is that energy and just believing in yourself, you know what I mean? And surrounding yourself with people that have got similar energies and have the same kind of vision. It's really important. And I just am so grateful that I got to meet you guys on here and having the chat to share with our audience. Thank you you so much for having us. This is the most positive. You are like just a ray of sunshine and optimism. And it's just a joy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. I could talk to you for eight more hours. I know. I feel like that. Yeah, I really, this is, (laughs) thank you. Because this has been an absolute joy. Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson. Producer, Tina Matalov. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Listener.